We want to build a mother spiritually And even physically So watch your business journey With the Meal Mom Podcast Hey ladies, and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Mompreneur Podcast As always, it's your girl, Elena Emotion Jamika the Plug And Jessica Pondered Thought and y'all already know what it is. It's Monday. So you know we're back with another Mill Mom episode. It's season three, y'all. We're creeping up towards the end. And I can't believe it. I've had, I've had such a great time. I'm having such a great time this season, y'all. So if you're having a great time, why don't you rate and review the show? <laughs> okay, see what I did that? Come on, plug it in. Rate, review, and share the show, y'all, because it helps get the word out about this podcast y'all so we have a great episode prepared today Jess what are we talking about yeah y'all so today's gonna be a little bit different we're actually gonna be talking about a topic that may seem far left field but something that we probably all mull over when we're talking about what kind of church do you choose for your family more specifically would you raise your children in a multi-ethnic church versus the black church and so before we I frame that question for my co-host ladies, um, I do want to bring in a blog post that I wrote about two years ago. So this has kind of been on my mind for a little bit, but in that blog post uh, was my only blog post that was completely fictional. And you have these two characters, these two ladies, one has been kind of walking with the Lord for a while. And there's another one who just recently came to Christ. And the one who's been walking with the Lord for a while she has a family of five. She just moved into an area with her husband. And like I mentioned, like she's been walking with the Lord. And yet when her friend, her cousin actually invites her to her cousin, like her cousin invites her to church, this particular mother of five doesn't feel quite comfortable. And the reason why she didn't feel quite comfortable, so to speak, it seems like it's because it's a multi-ethnic church. There's a majority white uh, congregation and she doesn't go back to the church to attend. And so her cousin who just came to Christ, she's wondering like, why are you not coming back to church? I know you love the Lord, et cetera. And this mother of five, it's, she's more nuanced in her response because it's hard for her to explain exactly why she does not want to raise her children in a multi-ethnic church. And so I'll, I'll put the post in the show notes and it's pretty cool because you can actually hear both sides. The the argument but for today's session ladies I want to pose that question to you is that you know would you choose how would you choose a church home for your family would be multi-ethnic versus the black church but before we get into that I kind of want to know context to y'all so Elena Jamika what kind of church did y'all grow up in if at all yeah so I'm gonna just start off with my answer is no and (laughs) yeah I grew up in church like for like everything like on the banner ministry dance ministry Sunday Wednesday night Bible study like my parents served in church missionary deacon you know like so I've always been in church and um I think for me the I I never really thought about like multi-ethnic or anything like that until I got into college and like in DC and in, in the DMV area but growing up I it was always kind of more so like denominations. Like that mm. was the kind of like the separation between like um, the separation between churches, which I think is kind of silly because if, I mean, if you believe in the Trinity, you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and that's how you come to 
to, to God, then I'm okay. Like all the other extra stuff, it's just extra stuff. But so, um, I was actually baptized, um, and dead or dedicated in a non-denominational church in Detroit, Michigan. Um, shout out to straight gate international church. Love that church. And then when I moved, um, we went to a Kojic church y'all and church of God in Christ y'all. I don't know if anyone. It was a whole different type of thing. They they was they was like, oh yeah, your skirt a little short, yeah. Like it's very different from what I was used to um, at a non-denominational church. Um, and right now we're at a Church of Christ um, church. And all of my churches, besides the experience that I had at a couple of multicultural churches um, when I was in the DMV, um, all of the churches have been produ- black churches. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. So you're saying, no, you would not raise your kids as of right now. And I'm absolutely not. As an and, and not now, not ever. Most likely. Okay. I got to circle yeah. back to that. Cause you say that with such conviction. <laughs> All okay. the conviction in the world. Yes. Okay. All right. Meeks, what's your story? I did not grow up in a uniform church you know like I went to church but I was not a member of a church until mm. I was in high school and even then I wasn't a part of a ministry when I was there you know we came on Sunday so I did not become an active church member until I was in college but growing up I did um whenever we did because I moved a lot and also my parents were also not active church members they were we show up on Sunday so they had a good attendance report on Sundays and um but they were black churches. Uh, some were smaller churches. Some were mega churches. It was, but it was majority black. Like to see a white person at church or Indian or Asian, <laughs> probably a couple Hispanics in there. But we didn't know because they still had the long fingernails and the braids. Okay, so they looked like us. But yeah, it might have looked like oh, okay, y'all. Who y'all visiting with? Like who invited y'all to service at the other right. churches that I would have went to when I was younger? But um. Growing up, the first church that I actually chose and that I served at was a predominantly black church in D.C. Shout out to New Bethel Baptist. Love passing that all in the Nuttall family. Amazing congregation. And now we're currently a part of a um, majority black uh, church in Los Angeles, California. So, yeah. Was there another part to the question? Well, the question was, would you raise your children? Would you consider raising your children a multi-ethnic I would consider raising my children in a multi-ethnic church. Thankfully, um, I have not had the opportunity to choose a church. My church has always chosen me. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've been, I've been, I've never had the opportunity to choose a church. Um, anytime, like I said, when I was younger, we moved a lot. And of course, I'm a kid, so I'm gonna go with my parents tell me. But in my adult years, when I lived in DC, my line sister invited me to church. And so her invite drew me in and I was like, oh, I love it here. And then as I continued to go, I felt led to serve there. So I became a member. And then I remained a member there until we moved to LA. And now we're in Los Angeles and we met our pastor in public and we just loved the interaction we had with her. Once we mm-hmm. got to church, we felt the Holy Spirit and we loved what it was pruning and what it was revealing to us. So we joined the church. So yeah, it's always okay. found me. Okay, that's cool. Cause so you, what you're saying is that, you know, you, the church has always found you. It just so happened to be that all the churches that have found you are majority black. Black, 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 honey. Okay. <laughs> I mean, blackity, black, black. But I have visited multi, uh, multi ethnic churches because I have family members that are active members in multi ethnic churches. 
and I have loved it. Like I've loved the services or like any of the activities we've been to, but I think it's very different when you show up to somebody's family dinner on Sunday versus when you're a part of the family every day. So I don't know what comes with different types of churches. I just know my experience, but the experiences that I've had on those Sunday gatherings, or maybe they had like a community block party or something. And it was every race that I could imagine. Like, oh my God, they all love Jesus. That's so tight. Mm. It, okay, was, so, it, it was always a very like, oh, I feel the spirit in here. It's a different mm-hmm. vibe. They got a guitar. Okay. And they, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, the, I will say this. It ain't no the choir. Multi, the multi-ethnic <laughs> church um, worship is on point. I would say that. I mean, music ministry. The music, is the music on and ministry. I'm like, y'all going to school for this because it's on point. It's like it's kind of like Mav, Mav City music. You know, it's oh like so you're saying yeah. like the some that you have visit because of course not all multi ethnic churches. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Of course, right. yeah. But yeah, the like, ones that I visited have always I like been CCM. like CCM. I like CCM style music, and okay. those are usually at multi ethnic churches. And I say this very loosely because multi-ethnic right. churches, to me, aren't really multi-ethnic churches. But, you know, we'll get into that. Oh, but, right. yeah, well, like, Jessica, actually, no, that's no, an amazing point that I was going to get to. Right. I, I kind of want to get into it, though, first. Can we get into it? Or you no, don't want to know get, my no, response? I don't want to know, know where, you, where you came from. What, what yeah. Was, so, no, we, I grew up. Like? Grew up um, in like a Disciples of Christ church here in Memphis, a majority black the whole entire time. And, and I think also in the South, it's, I mean, I'm probably everywhere. It's just very segregated on a Sunday morning. So it wasn't yeah. much of anything. It wasn't until I went to college that when I, um, yeah, the Lord really found me that the people who were going to this prayer session that I was going to every day just weren't all black. And I started joining different Christian groups that weren't all black. And so um, when I moved back to Memphis, I actually joined a multi and here's the thing guys because there's a difference between multi-ethnic and multicultural um because you know you can have different races but you may not they may not be inclusive of cultures and so the church that I went to I really enjoyed it because I felt included it wasn't just oh I see people who look like me I actually I felt like they were being very intentional about including the different cultures and so shout out to that was fellowship Memphis I really enjoyed it and so um but yeah, when my husband got and I got married, we joined Progressive Baptist, which is a very traditional Black church in Chicago. And I think the underlining thing that Jamika hit the nail on, it's for me, it's not necessarily I can say, oh, I don't want to join. I only want to raise them in a Black church. I only want to raise them in multicultural. I want to raise them in a church where the spirit is felt because if the spirit's not there, then all the differences, whether it's cultural, ethnic, gender, et cetera, is going to be even more present. And so it's really about when I walk into a church, is it dead? (laughs) Because if it's dead, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't see the unity at all. I'm only going to see differences. So that's, that's where I stand, but I really want to get into the question like Elena. And if y'all want to respond, I mean, feel free first. No, 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 that's good. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I want to get into the question, like you say that you haven't, you haven't, you didn't grow up necessarily in a multi-ethnic church. I want to get into why you are you feel the conviction to say no so with vehemence almost (laughs) so I didn't grow up in a multi-ethnic church but I grew up very not really diverse majority white like everything else so church was the only place 
where it was like I saw black people every every minute every day you know what I'm saying so for me I think there's just a lot of things that go into that I think one of the things is the whole notion and narrative now that Christianity is a white man's religion right there's a lot of like apologetics um, out there there's a lot of ministries out there especially within the black church that could speak to a lot of those things and a lot of those stumbling blocks that we have that I don't think that multi-ethnic churches would even know to address and also um I want to bring up this quote that I got I read from Christianity today it was a um a woman by the name of Corey Little Edwards and she's the um, author of the elusive dream the power of race in interracial churches um, and she had this powerful quote that I thought was so real. And she said, multiracial churches tend to mimic white churches in their culture and theology. Whites are not comfortable with black church culture or addressing the elephant in the room race. Multiracial churches work, that is, remain diverse to the extent that their white members are comfortable. And I thought that was so true. Like, I've been to, um, like, two multiracial churches and there was a lot going on at the time. I think I remember, um, who was it that got killed? It was in DC and I did the march. Who was that? Uh, Trayvon Martin at the time. It was a lot going on. And you know, it's usually a church that's like a place where we can heal. That's a very vulnerable place for that. And I remember around that time, like I was visiting this church in Virginia and nothing was like mentioned about it, you know, or, or it wasn't really, and I'm not sure if I just didn't go on the right Sunday or whatever. But um, I just think that a lot of, I don't want Christianity to be even more whitewashed than it already is for my children under the guise of it being multi-ethnic. And I think that that's really big, especially now, um, even in like 2021, because I mean, obviously there's still a lot going on. So yeah. That's just like a few of my reasons. There's more, but that's just like no, a few that's of my good. reasons. No, yeah. I completely agree because I think that's really it. It goes back to the Acts. I believe the Acts Church, like the Acts mm. One Church. When you look at how there are so many different groups of people who were able to come together. I mean, there no one was at without without. I mean, literally, that's what it says in yeah. the scripture. They were able to share their possessions with one another, and in doing so, I do believe you hit. I think you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned that everyone should be seen in the sense where you actually feel community and you're yeah. able to mourn with those who mourn. And yeah, as you mentioned, when you have a majority culture, that's not even looking at, and it may not even be a majority uh, in terms of percentage wise with whites being the majority in your church, but if that culture is predominant and it's given the most attention and the resources such that you're not looking towards how are others feeling on this Sunday morning? And you're not mourning with those who are mourning. You're not grieving yeah. with those who are grieving. You're not taking up this, the things that are burdening a certain population of people because it's just not prevalent. Then I do yeah. think that does a disservice to what Christianity should look like because Jesus does say, you know, to his disciples before he departed, he says that love others as I have loved you. He was talking to his disciples. He wasn't saying like disciples love the world as I have loved you. He was saying, y'all need to love each other as I have loved you. And so I totally understand what you're saying in that sentiment. Yeah. 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 I think, um, yeah, I just think it's just a, it's a nuanced conversation to have, I think too, because there's like a lot of history behind it as well. Because I mean, the reason we have black churches is because of white discrimination. You know, we couldn't go, we couldn't, we couldn't worship Jesus, 
you know, <laughs> like my great my great grandmother couldn't worship with Jesus. Even my grandmother, he, like even I was about to say, even even, um, even my grandmother that, couldn't worship right. God in the same house as the I mean, white even before person. that they would have been in trouble for knowing that they could read the Bible. Bible, so, like, exactly. And so I think they didn't a even lot want of the word his, of God to be known. Yeah, right. And I think it's still a lot of that history still flows, just like systemic racism and all that. Mm-hmm. It still flows in the culture of of of, of what it is today. And so. Yeah, I just think that, um, yeah, it's just a lot that goes into it as well. But yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're right. There's a book called The Color of Compromise. Mm. Uh, you guys read it. It's by Dr. Tisby. And he goes I read it. I heard history it. Because even when you mentioned denominations, like a lot of denominations yeah. were split based off of their notion on slavery, whether you have the first mm-hmm. Baptist or second Baptist or Presbyterian that is universal Presbyterian, there are different types of Presbyterian. It was really all based off of where do you stand on slavery? And so, wow, yeah, yeah that's a really good book for those who want to understand more of the history, because I have heard a lot of white, white people who have mentioned, like, I just believe that we should all be together. You know, I don't understand why there's a white church or whether, why there's a black church. And there's a, such a history that we should all know it didn't just all come of out of the sky. And that's, and I think that that's another thing that irritates me. I think, and not, and I, you know, that's something I got to pray about, but it's like, I'm sick of educating people. You know what I'm saying? I'm sick. I'm sick of educating white folks sometimes. Uh, and then that's, that's just me being like completely blunt with it. Like, it's just like when I go to church, I don't want to have to say, you know, I, oh, we're all one. We don't see color and all this other stuff. It's like, let's actually be real here. You know, church is a place of healing. Church is a place of communing and and, and understanding um, more about God and, and encouraging each other in, in the body of Christ. And that's something, a topic that I don't, I think I'm tired of educating people on. And so I think for me, it's such a sacred place that that's something that I don't really, you know, feel like on Sunday, I don't want to have to do what I do Monday through, through Friday, Saturday. <laughs> you get what I'm okay, saying? Well, let me bring up this question then. Uh-huh. Cause you meant, are you, you're, I think we're all talking about like valid things and all things that we can nod our head to. Right? right. But what if the Lord does say, yes, I hear you, Elena, but maybe, well, here's my question. What if he says, you know, for your children, I want them to go to X, Y, and Z church. And that X, Y, and Z church actually looks completely different from how you grew up. Well, then I'd have to pray about it. And I would have to go to my head of my house. I have to go to my head of my house, Alec. And I don't think he going to be with that. Elena you know, is like, the God that I serve knows my mind. He knows the hair. He knows the hairs like on my said, head. He knows. And like I said, you know, there might be some really great, there might be some really great places. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But I do think, for for me in my house I don't think that that is I mean I don't know I don't know God's plans though so I can't say but for me I don't think that that is where we're going to get that source of like diversity I think for me that's more so maybe a school or like an extracurricular activity like gymnastics or dance or something like that but when it comes to like the knowledge of Christ I think I need my kids to, if they want to take an urban apologetics class, I want them to be able to do that, you know, and I don't really see multicultural or ethnic churches really doing something like that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. What's your take? You know what? If he spoke to me, that means that I heard, that I heard him clearly. 
And so <laughs> for me personally, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna follow up with the yes. Can I lead? Can I join? Can I start <laughs> the Black Awareness Ministry? <laughs> Thanks, right? Oh, I don't Lord. have an issue. Yeah. Being a part of something new, you know, see, Alina grew up in an environment, which I can understand when you just get tired. I'm tired of educating y'all like this stuff, not a secret what we went through. Come on. We don't celebrate MLK and Rosa Parks because it was a sunny, bright day. Like, you know, so it's, it's just the ignorance that follows that. But for me, I grew up in more of a, I mean, my upbringing was pretty like multicultural. So because my dad was in the military and that's one thing about the military yes it's hierarchy there are some people where it's generational so they do have those racist leaders and people that join the military but the majority of kids and even adults that I've been exposed to they came from a situation of poverty so that looks like a lot of different cultures and so the military was their way to stability and success and so i moved a lot but we lived on military bases and some of my friends were white some of my friends were Asian they were Hispanic so it was up until and even when I went to high school I went to a public I went to public school shout out to Bethel hello yeah Allen Iverson is what our school is known for but at my school it was like 50 50 so in the classes that that I was in because it was AP I'm like one or two black kids but in like my crew and everybody I hung with it was all it was all black yeah so I've been exposed. So I'm not to the point where I'm just like, I'm so fed up with educating y'all. So I'm down to say yes to join, but can <laughs> I, like, cause it's not anything I'm ignorant of. And Malcolm and I, my husband, we talk very frequently about continually educating our kids, but not instilling fear or like yeah. making them think they're inferior to anybody else because of our history. Cause I do think sometimes we could think because of the history attached to the color of our skin, then that makes us less than, or means we're forced to prove ourselves. And it's like, no, you're not forced into that, but you need to have this as an understanding as you're walking through this life. Yeah. So what do, what do y'all think, like, how in the Lord, so obviously we're living in present day, and I totally get, like, what, everything that we're mentioning, because there's a lot of healing, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of history that goes into this. It's not, I know we're blanket having a blanket answer, yes and no, but there's just a lot of nuance to what we're saying. But yeah. how do you think the Lord views this when he looks on a Sunday morning and he sees the division? Like, mm. what do you think, does he, what do you think his vision for the next 50 years or the next hundred years may look like for his church on a Sunday? What morning? do you think the vision is? Well, obviously, you know, here's the thing. We look at <laughs> Psalm 133, one, going back to scripture and it he says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. I so agree. we know that there's there is a desire that our father's heart has a desire for us to live in unity. Otherwise, he would have just allowed the Jews to be separate from the Gentiles. Like this goes back all the way when you have Paul who's rebuking Peter because Peter doesn't want to sit down with the Gentiles anymore. He wants to still hang out with the Jews. Yeah. Like this whole, eth- I mean, this I don't I think that's is different from now, but mm-hmm. still there's a sense of. Uh, separation and that's what Jesus brought in I mean otherwise Jesus would not have gone to the Samaritan woman because the Jews uh, didn't like the Samaritans there's always been race or ethnicity or something that has brought division Jesus made a point to show like you know I'm going to the Gentiles I'm going to the Samaritans I'm going to the Jews so yeah I think when people stop having politics as their God then maybe we could move on into like what that vision looks like with people of all nations and stuff get together. But I think 
everything is made everything has been made into a political thing like police police shoot a a, a an armed black kid oh yeah it's politics it's like this is a human being that died you know and a lot of people who call themselves christians are amongst that number and you'd be surprised you know um people look at the um, like american as christian they tied american their patriotism as christianity and um i think for that to happen people need to let go and i'm not saying that black people don't have their their own versions of you know god or whatever but i think it's less of that for us than it is for um you know another race of people i mean everything has been turned into something that's political and um, i mean i've even seen mega pastors who are and i guess this is not really a multicultural church but in mostly in evangelical churches that they talk about politics like over you know a sunday morning you know um and it's really hard. It's really hard when we're already hurt from like the reason we have black church anyways, because like right. literally a generation ago, I couldn't worship with you. And then to still see people um, not getting it. It's like, why would I, why would, it's hard. It's hard. And I think, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to take a generation of, of people to be like raised up and I, and I see it, you know, like Mav City Music and their Juneteenth album. And I, I was know, like, yeah. look at that. Okay. That's really good. <laughs> and it was so good. And I think too, just, um, and, I, and I've even like, you know, t- seen a, you know, a lot of them and then their views and they speak out about a lot of the things that are going on yeah. in the world. Um, and I'm like, okay, so it's going to take some, generations I think coming up and a lot of the things that we're going through now I know a lot of people are like oh I'm tired of this but a lot of it is I think God is just giving so many people an opportunity to repent and see what is happening to people you know I think people are like it's getting worse like things are getting filmed and all that but I think God is giving people an opportunity to really see what is going on so they have no excuse when they come to the gates of heaven and say like hey you know your brother and sister was getting you know killed and all that stuff and then you made it about politics what was that about instead of like making it about me so um yeah I I really don't know but I think it's going to take some I think it's going to take um more uh tribulations that happen and people are going to be forced to to choose choose yeah because black people let me just say this too black people are always inviting people to the cookout black people are the most welcoming and open people that is out that's out there as far as like you hurt me or whatever but we're so forgiving like when we see white people in church we're not like oh white people in church like we're like hey like cool it is and it is very much so the other way around it's like your subconscious you're like are these racist white people or are these cool white people you know whereas like white people are so welcoming and it's a different type of it's just different you know it's a different type of culture so like if white people wanted to come to our like our church like they could it would be fine but I think it's just very different yeah so yeah your question was how do we think God feels about the division right yeah I think his heart hurts about the division you know what I know about his character and then as a father I think just like he did in Genesis remember when they all were working together Mm 
and they build that tower to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. He was like, Lord, together y'all can do anything. I got to make y'all <laughs> like different things. You know, that's why they started to babble, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why it's called a tower of Babylon because they was babbling out there. And I'm like, at the same time, God is able to work in so many ways because of the yeah. differences everybody has so you know you definitely have to see god about all that you're facing i do not wish oppression or you know segregation or just the horrible things that have been pressed upon our people but i do believe that our father his heart hurts because of the division but he also can work all things out and in that he's like all right if y'all do really get things together (laughs) i don't know what y'all will try to do yeah. to try to make yourself be on the throne okay so keep yeah. me on the throne and my heart hurts too when i go to apple music and i gotta go to one playlist to listen to mad city and another playlist to listen to ricky Deller. like wait yeah why they can't be on the same why i gotta listen to miranda curtis only on the gospel yeah playlist and i gotta listen to my my other homies look that my mind going blank right now but maverick city the only ones that come to my mind why I gotta listen elevation, to them on Jesus? Oh culture. yeah, elevation. Yes, elevation and Bethel. Why I gotta listen Stephanie to them Burton. on the worship playlist? And the yeah. same thing is true with like the Dove Awards and the Stellar Awards. I love like mm. music, film, and TV. And Stellar is the Black Gospel Awards. Yeah, it's like a BET Awards for gospel music. Yeah, <laughs> and then you got the yeah. Dove Awards, which is you know Natalie Cole and everybody else. I'm like. Yeah. Hold on, wait. Y'all even segregated Christian music? Oh no, wait. Yeah. The, it's called Christian music when it is when there's artists that aren't black singing the songs, and then it's called gospel music when it's black artists. I'm telling y'all, like if you search, it's wild. Artists, it's only going to bring you black artists, and I'm like, and we all spreading the good news, which is the gospel, like which is true. But I mean, to their point, I think like the secular world does the same thing when it comes to music. It's just stylistically, like you can have That's like true, the country. Music awards, and you can have the People Choice Award. Like it's, I think in that case, it, I think it it is based, you know, on the style. But I see the sentiment of what you're saying. Yeah. At the end of the day, yes, the Lord. I agree. The Lord does hurt over the division. Um, okay, so aside from like the black and white thing, right? I'm just mm-hmm. curious to know what are y'all's non negotiables when you're selecting a church in general? They need to be speaking the Bible. They need to okay, be so good word. Okay. Um, like Bible not prosperity. The Bible based word. <laughs> like <laughs> what, um, what is that in scripture? Not prosperity gospel. Yeah, that's just like a big thing for me. It's like not prosperity gospel. Um, I also um I look at the members as well okay. because it's like I want to be connected. Obviously, that that's the whole reason for church. It's like con- it, you know, community. being connected. Yeah, being connected in in community. So, um, getting to know some of the members for me. Um, yeah, those are the big non negotiables. I thought I had more non negotiables until like the church that we're at now. Alec loves, and I'm like, well, I was like, meh. But I'm actually starting to really like it. So, <laughs> and I was like, I guess I don't have that many non as many right? non negotiables. I was just, I was, I guess I was just picky as long as they're preaching the gospel. I think that's okay. the biggest thing because there's so much false teaching out right now. Mm-hmm. So, I think that that is a big one for me. Okay. Yeah. My non negotiables at the top, Bible base. You know, yeah. I grew, I grew up thinking favor ain't fair was a scripture, y'all. I can't, <laughs> I, I cannot stop, entertain stop. 
I cannot entertain Girl, leaders that want to make up caption. their own. That's an Instagram caption. <laughs> I can't. I cannot entertain pastors that are up there giving a word and trying to repeat things as if it was written in red. Okay. Yeah. Did 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 Jesus say that? Right. Um, right. Another non-negotiable for me is uh, like the, what we said about the community. If I don't feel welcome, I mean, not just by the leaders, because I get that like those that are, you, you you know, like at the altar or who are in the first couple of pews, they have a specific assignment to yeah. serve those that are a part of service and rendering the service um, unto the Lord. But just those that I'm on the road with or the people that's at the door, you know, those common areas that I enter, if I don't feel like I've been um, acknowledged or greeted, I'm I'm good on that because again, church is the place of healing, of wholeness in Christ, of unity. And if I don't see it in a grocery store at work, I gotta yeah. see it in church. Like, come on in. Yeah. Right. And um another non-negotiable for me would be you know, some pastors just give you that vibe that they don't they don't really live what they preach. I don't like angry pastors. I don't like angry yeah. pastors. Like yeah. I get that there's certain fire that that um that you get when you're preaching, but when you know you're off the altar or you know at certain segments of service, maybe it's worship. If I don't see like the heart of who you are as a servant, and not to say you do it for me, yeah. But I yeah. just think it's important that as a leader you just show like different aspects of your human makeup <laughs> like that your you human, have yeah. sensitivity to you but you also have fire from the holy ghost so i like to see the multi so that means i also like to be able to see the pastor in different places and outlets i don't only want to see you on the altar like yeah i want to be able to see you when we're having like church events i want you to be the one that's just yeah. every now and then I know the side of churches you have to like control yourself because I can only imagine like TD Jakes or Joe Osteen or somebody like at the door greeting like the ten thousands <laughs> of people that come yeah. in. So I I get that with different sizes. I'm just saying churches that I'm a part of, which I thankfully I've been called to be part of like intimate churches. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, I want to see that like you're a part of the flock that God is calling you to lead on earth. Yeah. And another thing too is I appreciate conviction at church. So I don't always need a Sunday mm-hmm. message that's about getting more money. Yeah. I do not always like there is so much more to this yeah. battle on earth than getting more money. Yeah, yeah that prosperity. So yeah, I need a word of conviction on a frequent basis because I, I also come to church for comfort, but I come for like correction. Sure, so yeah. how 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 can I make this word of God? practical for me yeah like, my top that was good is by that was like, that was good though with the uh you seeing the pastor like outside kind of like the church churchy type thing i remember my my current our current pastor he had like a he's like i'm having a birthday party y'all in the in the in the gym at the church now it's my birthday he was like so we're not gonna be playing sweet jesus at the birthday party i'll just let you know it's gonna be clean he was like, but I'm just letting y'all know. And it was like, it was like, that's real though. Cause like who at their birthday party saying, oh gee, like, <laughs> I don't know many, you know what I'm saying? But it was real. And, but we, you know, he's a man of God. So it's, I, I truly appreciate getting a glimpse of, you know, their humanity as well. Um, but yeah, that's the good, that was a good one, Meeks. I actually what about agree you, with everything. I agree with everything yeah. else said. I think too, I would add on is, I would add on because I've had kids now. And yeah. it would be, do I feel the manifest presence of the Lord in this church? Because there's a difference between omnipresent. Yes, you know, God is omnipresent. We all know that. We have the inner presence. We have the Holy Spirit. But there is a certain manifest presence when you walk into a church. 
we were like, the Lord is here. A fresh you know, one. The it's Lord a fresh is here. Win. Yes, it's a fresh one. And that, that tells you something. And so, I mean, we can even look at the book of Revelation. You had the dead church. And yep. I don't want to be a part of a dead church. I don't want to be part of a lukewarm church, et cetera. And I think that's very even more critical with kids because I remember, mm. like, even if I didn't understand the sermon, for some reason, I liked being at church. It was a feeling I would get. And Dang. every morning I would wake up on Sunday, like, let's go to church. And even yep. I would fall asleep Always. during the sermon. It was Always. something <laughs> about being in that the church counselor. service. Yep. And that was the manifest presence. And I think something else now that I've had my son, I'm even more watchful of is the children's ministry. Hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't really, really pay attention too much to that because yeah, I just, I never really went to children's ministry that much. Me either. Up. We just sat in the church. Exactly. I couldn't wait. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. You were falling asleep. You were falling asleep. But it's like, you went you here. You ain't here. to church. But yeah. interestingly, because may, I don't know, looking at my son, I don't know if because he's a boy, I don't, I don't know, I grew up in a household of girls. I'm like, I can actually see him um, really enjoying being with other kiddos and learning a Bible story and, mm. you know, playing, I don't know, something. I was like, I never really considered that before that level of like the aspect until my husband would say like how much he enjoyed going to his children's ministry and then his teens ministry and how that was just an awesome experience for him. And so that's just something I've, 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 I'm looking at now, but that manifest presence is huge for me. Yeah. No, that's good. I think also, I I think on a more like natural level, I think, um, and this is something that I appreciate about the church I go to now is, um, a heavy male presence as well. Oh my goodness. I think, I think for me, that's, uh, that's a really big, thing is to see men in church um especially just like right now too so yeah i would add on to what you said jessica because that's real that's too because it could be dead, yeah yeah all necessary mm-hmm. well, think- but again god your your will your right, will lord right. your, your will, will be, be done, done. Yeah, your will be done we're just making your- a request no you know <laughs> your will be done lord no and i think no, i was send I like me to, to know <laughs> <laughs> I would like to end though, y'all. Like, I think we talked about a lot, and I think all yeah. looking at it is good because we all don't have the same viewpoints, and that's a yeah. great thing. I love that how we can talk about this and mull over this, and obviously we have not landed to like the most ideal answer, but yeah. I do believe it's something that uh, a lot of people are considering and thinking about. Um, For sure, but, yeah. Just one encouraging verse, and then I'll, I would love to pray over anyone who's listening. Is Galatians three twenty six through twenty eight? Uh, just keeping in mind that at the end of the day we are all God's children. I, I, sometimes I don't like when people say that because it's like, it sounds so cliche or it sounds yeah. so like you're looking over my color, you're looking over my culture, et cetera. But to actually know that sometimes yeah. when I have bitterness in my heart towards another white Christian, I think, wait, Jesus, you love them just as much as you love me. Your thoughts about them are just as like the sand, just as your thoughts about me are like the same. You have a good hopes and plans really, you know? Um, so anyways, Galatians 3, 26 through 28 says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with the Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And in us being one, we're not carbon copies. That's not what it's saying. We, the, the fact that the Lord has still in his sovereignty equipped us with such uniqueness with such gifting with such cultural experience 
And in that, as we all come together, we represent the body of Christ. That's the beauty. That's the beauty. And so um, hopefully, and we know one day, we'll one day. all be able to come together and we'll see that body and we'll see, oh, I didn't realize, you know, you were the hand and you were the foot, <laughs> you were the heart. And, and right now there's so much, there is so much division, obviously, uh, but we'll be able to see that, that one day building at the temple. Yes. And so um, I look forward to that one day. I don't, I don't quite know where our journeys will land, um, but I do know that Jesus does have a plan. And so I just want to pray. For anybody okay. who's considering a church or um, is done with church because of certain hurts or experiences or who doesn't even want to consider going to a multi-ethnic, even though the Lord may be calling you to something like that, I'll pray. But Elena, you have something to say real quick. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to ask the question, I guess, like, what is the level of patience and like, I guess, the barometer of like, the whole I, never mind go ahead and pray <laughs> go ahead and pray because okay, we, we was about to be we was going to be on here for another 15 more minutes and we'll do it offline but yeah okay okay yeah gotcha. maybe maybe we'll do a live or something when this comes out yeah you know? let's do that because i think i think we could even go deeper on this topic for sure for sure for sure <laughs> all right let's go ahead and pray we need jesus <laughs> Dearly Father, um, you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords, and there's none like you in all the earth. Thank you, Jesus, that you have called us into your marvelous light. You have transferred us from darkness into your light. You call us children of light. And Lord, even as I pray, you're just showing me that we are to be soldiers of Christ. There's a war that's going on, and we could talk about these extraneous different things, but there are people who are literally in bondage. Um, who are literally enslaved to Satan and who are seeking, who want freedom and they don't even realize it comes only through you. So Lord, thank you that we can accept your freedom. Thank you that we are not in bondage. Thank you, Lord, that we still have time left on this earth to preach the gospel to those who who need, who need you. And quite frankly, Lord, that's everybody needs you, Lord, no matter where they came from. And so Give us hearts of you. Give us eyes of you. Give us perseverance like you. Help us to love like you, Lord. I can't imagine what it felt like, Father, you being a Jew and being so mistreated, Jesus, by Romans and being so mistreated, even from like where you came from, saying like, no, no good can come from this place. <laughs> you're the king of kings and you're so humble, Father. Even when you're talking to King Herod and Herod says, don't you understand that I had the power to kill you? And you say, you have no power unless my father in heaven has given it to you, Lord. You're such a G. I, I, mean, I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not trying to disrespect you. I just love how you're so, you have such a, you're just so humble because you have strength under control. And so Father, I, I, I don't even know why I'm going off on that tangent. I just thank you for who you are. And I thank you that we're, we can be like you. You are our example. And so I pray for the audience, whoever's listening, that they would actually see you for who you truly are, not the colonized version of you, not another version of you that's just made up, but they would actually get to know you through your word, Jesus, point them to your word, open their eyes, they may actually see. And um, yeah, Father, I pray that they would also see that to love you is to love your bride, to love you and your bride is the church. And so I pray for whoever's listening who has any type of indebted against the church, they would actually see it as Jesus's bride. You're coming back for your bride. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. All right, Amen. That was good. All right, y'all. So that wraps up another episode of the Millennial Mompreneur Podcast. Y'all, we only have a few more episodes left of this season. And don't forget, if you're loving this season, make sure that you're rate, reviewing, subscribing. And of course, you guys can connect with us individually on our Instagrams um, or our social media channels, our blogs, whatever it may be. And those links will be in the show notes. And also, of course, on the Mill Mom on YouTube and on our Instagram. Y'all, we'll talk to you guys next week.